recording. Okay. Uh, oh, how do you want to start? I don't know. Let's see, that's the number one. I think we started already. So, um, yeah, startings are beginnings are hard. Yes, beginnings are hard. Uh, people usually say that departures are hard, or uh, I don't know. Ending something is hard. And yes, it is. But um, everybody remembers when they have a test. It's cool when you need to start writing, I don't know, an essay. And you just spend 20 minutes thinking, how am I going to start this? Right? The yeah. beginnings are hard. A blank page is the scariest thing in the world. Well, okay. Uh, but don't you think that a blank page can also be something very inspiring? Because it's blank and you can do whatever you want to with it. So a blank page is the most, can be the most, the scariest thing in the world. But it can also be the least scariest and most inspiring. <laughs> Maybe if you get your inspiration from fear, maybe. Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, we're not. <laughs> well, let's get started for real. Huh? Yep. Uh, so we're going to get started with some English doubts because we're both English teachers and awesome at it. So this week, one of my students very understandably was confused because I was trying to teach her how in English, when you make a question, you need to use do or does. Like, where do you live? Or who do you live with, right? But then the next day, after I spent a whole day helping her to understand this, I changed the question to who lives in Sao Paulo. And she got very frustrated. Um, do you have any suggestions about how to understand that, how to teach that, how to help people feel better about that confusion? No. <clears throat> My suggestion, um, for everything that's related to English, related to learning and uh, feeling no, not feeling so frustrated about something is to <coughs> accept it. Just like everything in life, just some things we have to learn. Maybe we don't we don't uh, agree with it. Uh, we accept it. And but in this case, it's something simple. Uh, it just means that <coughs> whenever we have a, an affirmative sentence, we have a subject. We have somebody that does something. So, for example, Ryan eats a lot. Ryan drinks Coke. Rodrigo drinks Pepsi. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan likes Coke. Rodrigo prefers Pepsi. So, there's somebody doing something. Somebody does something. And in this case, um, when you when you ask, um, when you use who to ask something. Uh, or no, not when you use who to ask something, but when, when who is acting, when who is doing the action, 
when who is performing the action, then you don't need do or does, because who is the subject. So who conjugates the verb? Who lives here? Mm -hmm. Who lives with you? You, you're an object, okay? Uh, but in the other are. situation, like, where do you live? You is, is the subject. And, and so uh, you need a, you need a do to exactly. make the sentence work. Yeah, because in this case, the subject is a pronoun. Yeah. So, uh, when the subject is a pronoun or a, or a noun, just in simple sentences, uh, you need you need to use do or does, and that's only to make it easier. That's like um, easy mathematics. It's like an equation. Do and does they don't have a meaning. They they're like x's in the equation. They yeah. they're just there to uh, look. This is the present. So it's a it's a signal that that's the present tense. And the the same student got confused earlier and wanted me to translate do and does into Portuguese for her. And I, I told her that it, it doesn't exist in Portuguese. Uh, it doesn't translate. It certainly, just has not a in, certainly not in this form um, because Portuguese doesn't have auxiliary verbs like this and doesn't structure sentences in the same way as English. And so I told her that she needs to learn to not translate. I know that she's a basic student and that in the beginning of learning a language, you, you, you have to translate a little bit in order to it's function. The only, it's, it's the, the only, only way, way to do it. But I told her that she has to learn how to think in English and not translate into Portuguese every time. And, and the best way to do so is by just stuffing English into your crammy English English into your brain um, not in a not in a horrible way just uh, in, in the most relevant way you can do it so if you so just start doing everything or anything you do not everything but anything you do in Portuguese just start uh, start adding some English to your life start uh, doing I don't know I watch videos about uh, I watch videos of people making guitars. There's a guy that makes guitars out of crayons. And so I watched the video. And <clears throat> so I, I, if I, if, if I like to watch guitar videos, now I'll start to watch 10% of all the videos I watch, I'll watch it in English. And then uh, it will just become relevant. Oh, but I, I don't understand it at first. So try to find videos with subtitles, um, TED Talks is good, but it's not relevant for everybody. But it's a, a very good website because you can find videos about anything. Anything. Um, something, that helped, uh, something that helped me learning Portuguese was uh, because there, aren't, there isn't as much culture in Portuguese as English. You know, everything is in English. Um, and it's not as easy to find Portuguese things that I like. So I changed my, my smartphone into Portuguese. 
so that anytime I had to do anything on the phone, change a setting, update the software, do anything on the phone, I had to do it in Portuguese. And if you think of all the times during the day that you use your phone, and then think of all of those opportunities to use a language, it's a, it's a decent yeah. way. Yes, and the phone, nowadays, the phone is an extension of your body, so everything. And the way the phone is set up, uh, it's very intuitive. Uh, just the icons and the apps, you click, and you don't, you don't even need to understand a language. The phone has its own language. So it just leads you into English uh, if you have your phone in English. There's no reason for you not to have your phone in English. Um, so... That's the, I think that's the, mo the most, it's, it's even redundant because uh, everybody suggests that, but, but it's really the best way. Like people, a lot of students tell me, and all teachers that uh, they're going to Canada or America for, or Ireland, I don't know, for a month to learn English. And that's the best way to learn. And well, yeah, it's a, great way to learn and it is the best way because you're going to be there talking and listening to english so if you can try to do that here if you have that chance if you have that opportunity uh it's just it's just uh, it's not just the same but it's it can be it could be just the same it could be very similar uh so uh, can you can i ask you a question where I can see, I can see uh, outside your window, <laughs> and I can see you live in a very, in a very nice part of town, and because it's just, uh, there's a very, very high mountain on the back, and then uh, there's a, there's a thing, right? On your on your right side, what what is that? What, yes. Well, unfortunately, it's not real. I know that. So that thing doesn't exist. Yeah, this is this is just a wall, and thanks to the wonders of modern technology, it's my my virtual background in my virtual office. Yeah, but this is Seattle. And it's where I used to live, and it's where I, I studied at university. And if I look really hard, I might be able to find the university uh, over here somewhere, up in these buildings. It was downtown, Seattle University. And this big tower here is the Space Needle. It was built for the World's Fair uh, 50 years ago. And the mountain here, is Mount Rainier. It's one of the one of the tallest mountains in North America. And yeah, it's a really beautiful town. The ocean is right on the other side of the city here. And the mountains are there, the forests are there. And this neighborhood that I am sitting in is called Queen Anne. And it's a super rich, beautiful neighborhood. Some of the oldest houses in the city are up on this hill. It's a really nice place. So just one thing that caught my attention, you said that this is a very beautiful town. <clears throat> yeah. 
why not say that this is a beautiful city? That's a good question. Um, town is more um, familiar, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, cities are, are bigger places. And Seattle is definitely a city, but people prefer to live in towns. Big cities are full of all kinds of things that people don't like, you know, pollution and crime and crowded buses. And I don't like cities so much. I know I live now in a crowded mega city, Sao Paulo, but uh, I really would prefer to live in a small town. And so, uh, another question, uh, can you ever say small city? Yeah. Yeah. I think Seattle is a small city. It only has maybe a million people, which in Brazil is definitely a small city. Yeah. Um, it's like uh, the ABC, Santa Andreas, or Yeah, it's not. It's not really so big. Um, I just think people use the word town to talk about their town. Well, it's my town, your city. My town. Much like, uh, much the same way as like uh, when you, when you have a dog, when you talk about dogs in general, you mm -hmm. use the, not the, you use it. Yeah. You refer to dogs as it, but when it's your own dog, you refer to them as he or she, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, I think I get it. All right. Um, <clears throat> And so that's the Space Needle you said that was built for the World Fair. For the World Fair, yeah. It was uh, on, uh, 1960, was 1969, I think. Uh, was that related to men going to the moon? Um, I'm not entirely sure, but I think the World's Fair was this like traveling exposition, sort of like sort of like the Olympics that would go around the world and every few years, I don't know how many, four or five years, they would choose a different city and businesses and famous inventors and people would all gather in a city and show off the amazing things that were going on at the time. Um, so when they came to Seattle, for example, they showed off the new Boeing jets that were being produced because it was so cool to be able to travel around the world in a, in a quick amount of time. Yeah. Those are small jets. Yeah, compared to today, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is the difference between an airplane and a jet? The jet uh, is faster. Yeah, jet has the... Has the turp has the the wind engines and an mm -hmm. airplane is very general. Okay. It could a jet is an airplane, but there are the, the other neck. type of airplanes that have the spinning propellers. You know, okay. yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh, I remember um, my student had a doubt. Uh, this week, 
Uh, and I think it's the most common doubt for Brazilian students. And um, it, it, that's um, the difference between there is, there are, and have. And so, what I want, what I wanted to ask you is, do American people ever confuse that? Is is that in any way similar in in for American people? Have you ever in your life, have you ever encountered someone that was like, uh, that said to you, an American person, while you lived there, that said, uh, have a book in the table, have a have a have a guy in my in my street. Only is there only to talk about possession. So I would say that I have I have a book on the table, or my father has a car in the driveway. But do you ever confuse you guys to just talk about something that exists? No, never. You never confuse. You never mix them, right? No. Because they're really not similar in 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 English, right? No, that's that's what I was trying to explain to her. Uh, actually, she understood and she knew the difference. Uh, she uses it correctly, but when when she stopped to think about it, she got confused. Uh, so, um, you know, why not this instead of that? And I said to her, I said, look, uh, well, I explained the meaning there is, there are, means to exist, something exists. So. And there's no subject. There's no no. There's nobody doing that. There is uh, a bottle. There is a phone. Uh, but then to have means to possess something, and somebody has to possess something. Mm -hmm. So I have, you have, we have, he has. Uh, and I explained to her that uh, this. This doubt only happens in Portuguese because in Portuguese we use the verb uh, to have or there for both. For both, yeah. But when we use the verb to have for uh, to to mean there is, there are to mean exist, exist here uh, to exist. Uh, it means to exist. There's no subject. Thing, phone, armadio. There is. Mm -hmm. Okay, that are, uh, and the best again, the best way to, uh, because everybody when you when I explain that when we explain that people learn, people understand in an hour, people understand. Uh, sure. But maybe they will make that mistake again. So when we explain something and when when we teach something. The, stu the student will probably be using it correctly six months from when we first said something to them, when we first taught it. So I teach you now the difference between there is, there are, and have. You'll still make mistakes. For a long, long time. time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one of my students this week was making the same mistake, actually. And she got very frustrated. Uh, because she knew the difference and she was making the mistake because she, because she was thinking too hard. Okay. Uh, 
and she would overthink the problem and then make a mistake. And, and I told her, ah, look, stop thinking so hard. Uh, you know the difference. When you just act naturally and talk to me in a conversation, you don't make this mistake. I always tell my students. I suppose when they, you get nervous, when you think too hard, when you allow the Portuguese in your brain to invade yes. the English part of your brain, is when you make these mistakes. So it also happens. Relax also, a little bit, and <laughs> and you'll you'll feel better. You know, it also happens because of translation, right? That's a that's a doubt that happens because of Portuguese, not because of English. Uh, it's a doubt you have about translation, but not about the, the real learning of the language. And I always tell my students to uh, to watch Frozen and listen to the song and let it go. <laughs> um, my, my student had a, another question. There was a there was a simple question, but very very good because she compared everything. And she, she, she made me explain and uh, and separate in categories. I don't know, but um, she was confused about that. So she was confused about all the quantifiers or intensifiers, like uh, very, a lot, a lot of, much, many. So. Uh, First, you wanted to know the difference between very and very, very and much, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like when, when do I use or very or many? I don't, I don't know. But when, when do I use very and when do I use much or many? So I explained to her, I said, very, you only use with adjectives, with qualities. It's, it intensifies yes. qualities, right? Much and many, you use with things, with, with nouns. With, it's quantity. Very yes. is quality. Uh -huh. And much and many are quantity, right? Yes. And she said, ah, okay, fine. It's simple to remember. What about much and many? What's the difference? I said, okay. So. Uh, One is countable and the other is uncountable. Right? Yes. Much and, she, and many. Yes. Yeah. And then for Portuguese people, for Brazilian people to understand better, I say much means quanto and many means quantos because Okay. Countable things are usually in uh, plural, and uncountable were always in singular. Yeah. Uh, that's an easy way, and that's a lazy way to teach, because uh, when I said countable and uncountable, another doubt, but then a philosophical doubt appeared. Okay, what is countable <laughs> in English? They said, well, because in Portuguese, here in Brazil, we say one water. Yeah. But we it's, mean one bottle of water. It's not exactly the same in Portuguese, but first of all, yeah, you gotta, usually when I explain this to my students, they don't get so confused as this, but I can see how, how people would. Because normally, exactly like you said, people will say umagua, um, whatever. But in in English, we can't do that. We have to use a another thing to talk about water, like a cup. 
that cup disappeared into the thing. Like a bottle of water. Um, because you can't count waters in English. But I think a good example is actually rice. Because you, you don't count rices in Portuguese, right? Mm -hmm. You count cups of rice. Or if you really want to be specific, you can count grains of rice. If you are insane, then you can count grains of rice. But you still aren't still. counting rices. Grains. Yeah. yeah. Counting grains. Yeah. And so this is how you can determine countable and uncountable. Um, and then, but, but then we went on, uh, uh, we went on for a long time to uh, talk about countable and uncountable things. So what about soap? Is soap countable? I said, no, a bar of soap. But you're, yeah, but in Portuguese, again, Portuguese. Yeah. Again, but Portuguese. Yeah. So uh, what about, uh, um, Things yeah, are different, you, you know, yeah, like information in, in Portuguese. Information is countable. You can have three, today's informações in Portuguese, but it's not possible in English. You can't say that in English. You have three pieces of information. Uh, they're different. They're different languages. And, and like you said, you have to let it go. You have to just accept that yeah. languages are different and that's just yeah because uh, then it, it comes to a point that uh you say that you finally you understand okay so english is like that you need something to quantify something else you need bottles to quantify waters you need dollars to quantify money uh and then some students some people like to say ah oh, but why? Why do they do that? That's more difficult. Yeah, but then that's a discussion we, we, we don't want to have. It's, it's too... I suppose, like with soap, I suppose it's because, like, if you think about the difference between soap and apples, let's talk about this. Apples are naturally divided into their countable points portions portions yes but soap soap comes out of the soap factory in a in massive bulks. cube and then humans divide it into bars in whatever size we want if you wanted you could go to the soap factory and get a massive bar of soap that was the size of your apartment if you were insane you could do that Usually, you go to the store and buy normal soap bars that are a normal size, but they were created that way, artificially. Unlike apples, which just normally appear in their portion size. And I suppose that this is the difference. Like, yeah, cheese. Uh... like cheese comes out of the cheese factory in a block. And then humans divide it into its portions. Smaller blocks. Uh, yeah. But I don't really know. Bread. Uh, yeah, yeah, bread also. 
No, but that that can get too philosophical. And some things actually, like for example, uh, uh, forgot the name. Uh, collocates, uh, the the collocations. That those are words that go together. Yeah. That always. And, but there, there's no explanation. Like Merry Christmas or Happy New Year. You can say Happy Christmas, but you don't. British people do. Well, see, yeah, yeah, because there's a song by John Lennon called "Happy Christmas." Yeah. Uh, but they're they're British. They don't the rules yeah, don't apply. It's, it's a barely yeah. English anymore, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's crazy. So, people locked away on an island for hundreds of years by themselves. Literally locked away now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so how crazy are they going to be after the quarantine? Uh, Same as usual. Uh, <laughs> uh so yeah uh it's a place where they don't have trucks they have lorries right no if you if you call a truck a lorry <laughs> then uh it's just not right okay not. so but yeah in england they do uh but th those are call kids merry christmas Happy New Year. Or for example, do me a favor, not make me a favor. That's a collocate. Why do and not make? Because a favor can mean that you're going to create or produce. Yeah, or make your make your bed yeah. uh, and not do your bed. But the bed is already made, like in a factory. But then no, it's so there's no uh, yeah. you can it gets too philosophical. <laughs> Yeah, I think the point is, don't think too hard about English. Yeah. There's a level exactly. of thinking that's okay. That's, that's above for, it, it's not worth your time. It's not worth there's a level. Time. There's a level of thinking that is okay for Ryan and I, for people like us, that we like spending time talking about this. But if you're a student and you just want to, you just need English to speak, to communicate well, of course, uh, directly, straight to the point, um then just let it go if you really want to go into that discussion we like to do that but then <laughs> you, you're it, probably wasting your class by, exactly. by encouraging that, us to talk about that yeah and it's at your own risk right <laughs> like uh i we can finish the class both will be crying <laughs> like why are we here uh, not just here in class but here no, on planet here, earth yes like, are we are we really here uh, is earth really round uh as people people say uh, some people say nowadays okay all right um good um moving on to non-english topics uh this week i watched a bunch oh. of stand-ups because there's nothing else to do so i looked through netflix and amazon and watched oh. a lot of stand-up comedy and something that really surprised me was that bill burr was funny had a shitty stand-up and then was funny again do you remember his shitty stand-up do you remember that one yeah i do it was um the, the walk walk your one. way out, I think, is what it was called. It was bad. 
There was a black and white one, right? No, no, that no. one was fine. It was the one after that. Okay, it was. He was wearing cowboy uh, cowboy shirt. I think so. Was it? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, I remember. I, I didn't. I didn't finish. I guess. Uh, <laughs> but, but but first, first, let's. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll get to that in a minute. First, uh, you need to know that you're in Brazil. And here we don't do billboards. Oh, okay. Here, here we do country music live shows. Okay, that's what we do here. And no, don't don't give me that look. Uh, so that's what I really want to ask you about: okay. country music live concerts. Okay, on Instagram, YouTube, because. YouTube is an American website, right? Owned by an American company. I guess. Oh, it's planetary now, universal, yeah. but then it, it, it's... Google it's, is probably bigger than any country in the world, so... Yeah, sure. Uh, but the biggest live broadcast videos are all Brazilian. Like... <laughs> insanely huge 3.5 million people watching at the same time uh, girl not a girl a woman singing uh, in her living room by herself for four hours uh, did you watch it or did you just hear about it I watched the part to see what it what it looked like, you know, uh, and all my students were watching it. Uh, friends, students, everywhere, everybody, and so there was, there was, uh, there were a lot of live concerts, uh, uh, duos, country duos, you know, and and singers, and and like one after the other, they were breaking records. The first that broke records, 700,000 people watching. And then the next one, 2.5 million. The next one, 3.5. I said, how, when is this, when is this going to end? And yesterday, all, like every important artist in the world, Rolling Stones, Eddie Vedder, from Bird Jam, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, they everybody they were playing live. I and watched some of them. Yeah, I watched it too. It was being broadcast live. They weren't playing live, but it was being broadcast live. And um, there were three hundred thousand people watching around the world. <laughs> so I, I'd like to ask you about this. What do you think? What do you? Um, and I don't want to get into. It, into the discussion if it's good or not. Uh, just, but why do you think that is? Like 3.5 million people watching a live concert in one country and 300, let's say 500,000, let's say a million around the world watching all the, Mo the Beatles, the Paul McCartney, Rolling Stones, Eddie Vedder, Beyonce, Coldplay, Well, I think that part of it is that these, the big stars, 
like before when I was talking about my town and your city, right? The, the biggest stars in the world, they aren't as connected to their fans, right? Like I like a lot of those stars like Elton John and Paul McCartney and, and Eddie Vedder. I like those guys, but I don't love any of them, especially but there are a lot. now, mm. right? Like who among those, those stars is actually producing great music today? Well, uh, Eddie Vedder. Yeah, they just Cold, released a Coldplay. new album. Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam just had a new album, and it's definitely interesting, but it's not 10. It's not what they produced 20 years ago. All right, so let's let's bring this to, to another reality. Imagine that Trace Atkins or Gretchen Wilson or, no, uh, Keith Urban. Keith Urban is famous, right? Yeah, I don't sure. Know. Bob, Bob Country, right? Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, who is Garth biggest, Brooks. Ah, yeah, well, Garth Brooks is a good guy. Garth Brooks is, well, Garth Brooks or um, Blake Sheldon. Uh, they have lives. And are they making good, great, relevant music now? And imagine they have a live and then three million people watch it. And so, yeah, I, but. See, and that's the second point I was going to make. The first point is that these guys are old and they haven't made anything great for a long time. But, and but the Beyonce, second part is that these Brazilian people are, are not superstars. They're local stars. And people love local stars. Love in a way that, that superstars don't get. You become a superstar and you get to be rich and you get to be famous and you get to have a private jet and all of those great things, but you lose the personal contact that you have when you're a local star. And, and these smaller you. stars, their fans are like, oh my God, he's doing a live show. I will be there for it. Okay, people will identify most with them, right? Yeah. Like uh, they talk, they talk about what's real to people. Like, for example, in in, in this case, um, heartbreaks and uh, going to the bar and getting drunk, and they do they get drunk during the live, uh, and and that's that's cool, right? And people and then they're also that. more real people, right? Like like Elton John saying. Uh, still standing yesterday, which is kind of related to the current situation, but he's also a multi-bajillionaire who was singing about it in his walled garden. And like, I don't know. First of all, I've heard that song a million times and the version that he sang yesterday was the shittiest version I've ever heard. It had bad acoustics. He, he didn't seem to care that much about singing it. And no, but that, that that was one thing that I liked it about the live, about the thing yesterday, that a lot of things had better acoustic, but it was it was to show people that it was, uh, I don't think it was 
on purpose. But uh, if it were on purpose or not, it's a lie from their home, you know? Uh, yeah, but like Eddie Vedder's song was nice. Yes. That was the only one that I watched that I was like, ah, Eddie Vedder actually is putting some heart into his performance. All the other stars were like, all right, fine. I'll record five minutes of my life uh, exactly. and do a song that I don't care about anymore. Go away. <laughs> but Eddie's song, he had some heart and he really put himself into it. And the lack of production values in it added some more character to it. And, and also the fact that Eddie has spent all of his life caring about things. Um, and not just like, oh, I'm I'm gonna care about something now for five minutes. Even though I've been, a, I've been a millionaire for 20 years and haven't cared. Like, Did Bono Vox play yesterday? I don't know, maybe. I don't think so. Seems like his his deal. He should have he should have right. Right. Maybe maybe. Well, if he didn't, probably it's because he's making one of his own. It's gonna be bigger. It's gonna play in the sun, like in front of the sun. <laughs> yeah. He probably rented the moon and he brought the moon. Into, yeah. He's gonna play in front of the sun and he will eclipse the sun with his band. <laughs> The name of the the, sh the concert will be bigger than the sun. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so that right. makes sense. Like, why, why yeah. the smaller Brazilian yeah. people? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. People identify with them the more. Uh, more uh, they're more real. Right? Yeah, they're more relatable. Much more. I I bet that if like Seattle had done a Seattle show with only Seattle artists and they had focused the entire message around Seattle that more people would have watched than, than watch this worldwide thing. Uh, okay. Well, you, you, you cleared my doubt. So now we can move on to talking about the stand-up. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I no, I didn't see. Is, is it new? The Billboard special? A couple months. It's on. Oh, I, didn't, uh, I think it's on I Amazon. It. And he went all the way to to London Amazon. to record it because. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I watched it. Yeah. I saw yeah. that one. He's so pissed off at Americans for getting easily triggered. So he went to England to make fun of well, American snowflakes. It was wonderful. 30, I loved it. No, 20, 26 years ago, 27 years ago, 1993, Bill Hicks did that. Nobody in America, everybody in America was too butthurt to, to listen to Bill Hicks or to, to allow themselves to laugh at what he said. Even David Letterman, which is my one of my heroes, uh, just cut Bill Hicks from his show. And then 25 years later, 20 years later, I think, he brought Bill Hicks' mom in the show and he said, okay, now we're gonna play his bit on the, I don't know. And uh, so Bill Hicks went to London and he recorded, and he was a big hit in London. Yeah, I bet. And I, he, he called his, uh, 
his tour um, uh, UFO tour because just like the just like in UFO he well, he only appeared in small towns <laughs> country small towns yeah. uh, but anyways uh, do, and, and do you think the fact that the last last gig last uh, concert the bad Bill Burr concert was in America do you think that that is something to do with or do you I, think he, he he felt this and then he said no I'm I'm going to London now to try something I think that the bad one was a combination of things I think the bad one he was being too careful and the crowd was too butter. You remember where it was? Somewhere in the States. I don't I don't know. I, I didn't remember actually, he didn't want to I didn't watch it again because I knew it was bad. So this last week when I watched all of the, the stand-ups again, I refused to watch that one because it's so bad. But um I I think it's just a combination of him being careful because he doesn't want to offend anyone and the crowd still being too sensitive. Yeah. yeah. And I watched a bunch of Jim Gaffigan too. You like no, I don't like it. No, you not don't? so much. No, not so much. Uh, it's not that I don't like him. It's I don't dislike him. I just, I watch it and it's like, eh, you know, just like Tom Segura. You like it very much. I like, I like to watch the podcast. Mm -hmm. I like his wife, mm -hmm. Christina P., right? I like her very much. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't like his uh, stand-up so much. Uh, he, oh, they're not bad, not at all. They're great. It's just not the the kind of the kind I like. You know, uh, I think the their stand up would be no Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan would be a good sitcom writing writer uh, uh, because his his stand ups are like sitcoms. You know, are more like sitcoms. They're lighter, yeah. and he talks about daddy issues. And I like it. Yeah, it's fine. But then, yeah, I don't know. I don't laugh uh, too hard, or I don't. When I, for example, when I watch uh, Dave Chappelle, I watch and I'm like, my Jesus Christ, how, how he he made that joke so perfectly, and he, like, he went around, and I was, like, for ten minutes, he was. He built he builds a joke for 10 minutes and you're like not laughing, paying attention. And then for 10 seconds you're like at the end of the joke. You you really you really don't expect what or sometimes you cringe when he talks about Michael Jackson, for example. For the whole part bit, Michael Jackson bit, I was like, or when he talks about OJ. I just watched the, the one a couple nights ago where he does OJ and he talks about the four times that he met OJ and uh, it's really genius because 
Usually he gets himself into a very controversial, awkward situation, makes a joke about it, and then directly goes into to OJ as like a palate cleanser for the audience. Because <laughs> yes. the moment that he makes the joke that's super awkward, you're like, oh, Dave. And then he says, and the next time I met OJ, and you're like, oh, OJ. Yeah. Well, that's worse than whatever it is you were talking about. Yes, yeah. that's worse than anything. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And did you watch the Michael Jackson one? Yeah, but not, uh, it was last year. I don't remember it so well. Yeah. Okay, watch it again, you see. It, it's, but the best one is the one he tells a story about a book he read about the, uh, I don't remember the, main, the name of the book. He read about a, a pimp or a whore. And is, man, it in, man, is it in the new set that you did for Netflix or is it an older one? No, it's, it's in the new set. Uh, so it must be the same one as the Michael Jackson story. No, 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 it's before. So did he do three shows for Netflix? Let me see. Oh, he did a bunch. I'll, I'll tell you now. I thought he only did two. No, no, I think four. Four, oh, okay. There's sticks and stones. I think that's the Michael Jackson one. Mm -hmm. There's uh, equanimity. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in this uh, equanimity one, there are two episodes. Uh. One is called equanimity, and the other is called the Bird Revelation. Ah, uh, okay. That's the one, the bird revelation. He talks about a story. Uh, he talks about a book. And okay. this one, you can barely laugh, but it's genius. This one is tense, you know? It, like he's holding your butthole the whole time. Yeah. Exactly. And, but but it's, art, it's more artful, you know? Yeah. He, and he tells the story perfectly. He uses his acting skills and his storytelling skills. And this one is, in my opinion, is the best. It's not, my brother told me, uh, I, I, I told him to watch because he, he would, I, I knew he would like it. And he liked it. And he said, but ah, he told me, he said, look, I don't think this is comedy. I said, what do you mean? And he told me, he said, these guys you sent to me, Bill Hicks, George Carlin, Lenny Bruce. Uh, I said, well, the, 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 like the five the best Mount Rushmore of, of yes. comedy. Yeah. Yeah, and he said, I, I don't I don't consider comedy what they do. He said, nah. Because well, they're not like mashing a watermelon with a hammer. Exactly. Or <laughs> yeah, yes. He said, because the stuff they talk about are serious and so and you don't laugh. Uh, sometimes you just don't laugh for for minutes. And he said, yeah. Or Louis, no, Louis Black is more like a comedian. Uh, and, but he he told me that, and I understood what he what he said. But my 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 brother doesn't have that culture. He doesn't he doesn't follow, you know. Uh, but okay. Um, so you were you were talking about uh, Buber and how how he sucked uh, at. Uh, like two shows, yeah, ago, right? Yeah, and the the new one, or the not the new one, but the the last one, 
It was about, uh, I don't know, six months ago. It was sometime yeah. in 2019, I think. That was, that was great. Yeah. Uh, do you think, like, other comedians, do you think that they are going to change and adapt? Do you think they're going to go out of the United States? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Because I definitely agree with him that audiences in the States are assholes and don't appreciate comedy as much i think i think i don't know i really don't know uh, there are for example there's dave Chappelle, and there's a guy called neil brandon yeah that neil brandon was a writer with and there he's friends with dave Chappelle, best friends with dave Chappelle. dave Chappelle doesn't do politically correct he doesn't. He doesn't fall for that. New Brandon is the opposite. New Brandon is. He talks about it all the time. He posts stuff about, but he never corrects Dave Chappelle because he understands. I think he understands it's a joke, but he doesn't do it. It's a different kind of, uh, of stand up, uh, but it's still very good. So I think. I don't, I don't, I don't think the old ones will change. I don't think Dave Chappelle will change. Dave Chappelle, no, he would just get worse. Like, like heavier, dirtier. Chris Rock, I watched the uh, Tambourine, right? I didn't like it. I didn't like it either. I mean. It was it, like it, the it, same material that Chris Rock has been doing for years, but like mm -hmm. tired. It just seems like he's tired of doing it, but someone gave yeah. him a giant check to do again. Like, yeah, exactly. I'll do it. Fine. Give me the money. Yeah. Remember when Amy Schumer tried to serve the politically correct feminism wave and she. <laughs> she fell uh, because, on her face and it was horrible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle got paid like 80 million, 60 million, I don't know. And she got paid 10 million, I think. <laughs> Much less. And she said, well, just because I'm a woman and no. and even feminists and politically right people said, oh, not really. <laughs> Just because they're Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock <laughs> and you're you're you, so don't try to play that card. No. Try being funny. Yes. And then demand money. Try yeah. being funny for the next twenty years. <laughs> Just like they've been doing. And then okay. Uh, but no, I, I don't think comedians will change, and there 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 will always be Ricky Gervais. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> there will always be uh, English people. Yeah, because that that's a big thing in America, but in England, like, um, and not not really. And then there's Ricky Gervais, so and Psycho. Yes. Um, and uh, and Dave Chappelle now Louis C.K. coming back, but then that's a whole other thing. I'm almost paying the the eight dollars to watch his his special. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah. I Louis, I I don't know what to think about you because oh yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't know what to think about him. 
I don't either. I just react. I just I like him. I still like him very much. He did he did something wrong. I don't want to get into that discussion. If it was too wrong or how wrong it was, he did something wrong. Uh, actually, he did some wrong things, and <clears throat> um, to be honest, I know plenty of people that did the same. Uh, that I'm friends with. So, uh, that I talk to, that I, and, but I, but they never told me. So I imagine they did the same, you know, I, nobody ever told me that because that's horrible. You don't tell people that. Uh, uh, but that's, that's something uh, horrible, very common. That's horrible because it is common, and I. But I still like him. I didn't stop liking him, I, and I don't like him less, not a bit. I still like him the same. But now I like him, and I'm anxious to see his new material. And so, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it will be. Joe Rogan says it's Skidler. Joe Rogan says it's really good. But then, yeah. it's Joe Rogan. I also don't know what to think about Joe Rogan because sometimes I listen to his show and I'm like, yeah, Joe Rogan, you tell him, you're right. And then the next day I'm like, ah, Joe yeah. Rogan. No, exactly. Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan is like, Joe Rogan is more like me or Fabio. Uh, we are a mishmash of references. We are a mishmash of political beliefs or understandings. So some things I'll tell you and you'll be like, Shh, right? Some other things will be like, what? <laughs> no. No, no, not. What do you it's mean? It's not cool, man. It's not yeah. right. Yeah, explain, explain that to me again to see if I really, what? No. <laughs> are you a person living? Today yeah. in society, exactly. So, oh, um, okay. And uh, so Joe Rogan, I I noticed that he likes to to be the counterpart all the time. He likes to, um, and he really, really thrives on listening all parts at all times. He interviewed that guy, Adam. Uh, What's his name? He the, the guy that. YouTube blocked. Alan, ah, oh, Jesus. There's too many Adams. No, I maybe I'm getting it wrong. And it's a very famous interview. People gave a lot of shit because he interviewed that guy. Joe Rogan. No, it's not Adam. Um, Yeah, he's a really good interviewer. And yes. If you catch him on a day when when the guest is is top notch and has good things to say, and Joe Rogan can encourage the guest to say nice things, then it's a wonderful show. But if you catch him on a day when the guest is half crazy, 
then Joe Rogan just encourages the crazy and they're crazy together. And it, it goes too far sometimes. What I like about Joe Rogan is that he, although he has some uh, controversial or some opinions that I don't agree with, uh, when, when he disagrees with the inter, then this is something Brazilian people never do. Well, it's, it's not that we don't do, but here in Brazil, it goes from uh, you either agree and then it just go on, you, you, the show goes on, and, or you disagree and you avoid confrontation and you're like, ah. Or, it, or you disagree and you like murder them. Exactly. And then, then there's a fight, you know, live, like, like Len Greenwald and the other guy. Yeah, yeah. There's the no guy. like ability to have a disagreeable discussion. Alex Jones. Oh, that's the guy? Yeah, yeah, that's right. He did have an interview with that guy. That guy's crazy. That guy's crazy. He's he's insane. He's in he's he's smart to talk about the things he's he knows of, but then the things, yeah, he's crazy. It's the things weird. that he knows are like how to manipulate people into giving him money. That's He's really yeah, good well, at that. He's a genius yeah. at that. But then like other things like, ah, oh, Alex Jones, I don't know. And, uh, but, the, but the most, the weirdest interview was with Elon Musk. Yeah. Yeah. That was Elon Musk is a is a weird man. Yes. He's 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 one of a kind. He's different. People thought uh what's the name of Facebook owner? Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg, yeah, not Mark Wahlberg, no, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Noderberg. Yeah. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg. He People thought, ah, he's weird. And then Elon Musk came along and, oh my God, that's a weird man. Yeah, he's weird. But he's he's weird in an evil genius way. Yeah, like, I guess we'll only know that he's an evil genius when he like buys a private volcano island and, and starts living there, firing rockets into the moon. And then we'll be like, ah, we ought to have known. We really should have known. Yes, and it was really easy to imagine. He was he was doing that in front of everybody. He didn't hide it. Guys, I'm I'm building rockets to go to Mars. Okay. Yeah, sure. No problem. Okay, cool, man. Good luck. Yeah. No, so I'm buying a mountain to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You go. America, you can do anything, right? Yeah. So go. It's, yeah. Okay. Uh. Okay, so is that it today? I guess. Cool. So. Oh, uh, what, what was the last part? That was it. I'll just.